What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 73 of Geekscape. This is the movie, video game, and comic book podcast. Over the next hour, we're going to be talking news and reviews. I'm joined this week by my stepmom, Alice London. I'm Jonathan London, and this is Geekscape. Um, why don't you say hi to the audience real hey. quick? Hey. <laughs> uh, you were on the old show. Now you're yeah. on the new show. Yeah, it was Thanksgiving two years ago. Thanksgiving two years ago. And, and what are the things that you were thankful for then, and how they changed? Ooh. What are you um, thankful for today? I am extremely thankful for uh, the fact that you still have a podcast, you're still doing well, and you still come home to visit us. Yeah, no, the, the, the monumental success of this endeavor has not <laughs> made me forget my roots. If anything, it's been humbling beyond anything else. But, yeah, of course, I mean, you gotta, what was I gonna do? Go to Vegas? <laughs> Yeah, well, you've done that a time or two since we broadcast last. Vegas may be the worst place to possibly go with a guy like me. Like, a guy like me in Vegas, don't like gambling. I don't like women. <laughs> That's news. <laughs> <laughs> That's news. Um, no. Because uh, last time we did this uh, broadcast, not only did you like women, your girlfriend was there. Yes. So is there something you're trying to no, tell she's me? she's back in Los Angeles. It's fine. We'll okay. see her. I'll, I'll be seeing her later. Okay. Um, but that, that wasn't some massive declaration there. No. But, okay. but, but, you, but, you know, things have changed, not internally with my orientation. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, we're, here we are almost two years. I, I think your, od your audience would want to know, too. Certain members of our audience would want to know. Eric, AD. Um, <laughs> he's, he's very pro I, you know what's funny? I, I just held myself back from saying a very horrible term because you're you're here. So this this may be the first episode where there's not curse words, although that but, wouldn't but have you, been a curse you, word. You don't think I'd tune in and watch your other episodes and hear them anyway? Yeah, but I was about to say something extremely vulgar. Yeah. I, I know I've seen some of your other <laughs> podcasts. I know what you said. Uh, you're keeping me like you're keeping me, you know, reined in as far as like. Right, what you know. do you what do you think my reaction is when I tune on and you're you tune you're, off. And, and you're doing the super action man at Comic Con in you're, your underwear? That, that, I mean, what, that is what, very what, interesting. What do you think my reaction? First is? off, I, first off, the the rumors are that I that I'm one of the same. So that is not me. Uh -huh. Super action man. He saw combat uh -huh. over the last you know half century of the of the United States history. Please, uh, I think these allegations that I'm the same guy are ridiculous. What, what you were seeing is a man. That's finally certainly toned. what I'm going to tell my friends. Oh, that's not my son, Jonathan. No, no. <laughs> no. Uh, Super Action Man goes above and beyond anything I would. I wouldn't take a bullet for this country. No. Super Action Man wakes up every morning and takes napalm in the face, just to keep himself on his toes. Just that's mm -hmm. his training regimen. Mm -hmm. You know, is uh, scalping people. Nice try. What, what, what do you think when you see something like Super Action Man? You're humiliated as a human being? Um, no, just as a stepmom. <laughs> <laughs> do you look back and say, okay, what was the moment in me raising this kid where that became a possibility? Of course I do that. Of course I do yeah. that. I mean... It makes you doubt the job that you did. You thought you, were, you, thought you did such a good job. Yeah, I, I had that illusion. <laughs> I had that illusion. And then I turned on to the, the podcast. Super Action Man. And, uh, and, and you got to feel good that, that I'm out there promoting this fine nation, though. And, and, and all of the ideals that, that, that make it this great country that we live in. Oh, well, I mean, that's... Freedom? I, I actually, the day you called me to tell me you were voting in the California primary... I, 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 no, all kidding aside, I was genuinely very proud. I, I called, I called all my political friends. I, it, that, that to me is huge. That to me not, is not huge. Not that I'm insulted, but you know I voted in every single election since I turned 18, right? Yeah, I know, but the, given the level of apathy in this country at a time that is so critical, I, I think it's huge. You, you know how many of my friends talk about how their kids don't care? Uh -huh. Did you no, know? I don't did, know. I, yeah, I, I, don't, no, that, I don't attend book group. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not invited. Oh, oh, I'm not invited. No, you can't start insulting my book group. You can't start insulting my book group. Our forums, no, no, we have I, our own book groups. Yeah. No, there, there are things you do that make me massively proud, and I genu genuinely <laughs> feel that. I don't usually tell you, but... <laughs> Yeah, I do think about you for a split second as I don the Spider-Man banana hammock. 
and 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 pledge allegiance to this country. Yeah. Well, well, no, I mean, you know, how many stepmoms can say they have two boys out there in their underwear on camera? <laughs> You're right. Look at the positive. <laughs> okay. I could be horribly disfigured. And then I wouldn't want to do anything outside in front of, you know, people in my underwear. You don't think disfigured people have a place on this planet in their underwear? I mean... <sighs> no. <laughs> okay. Okay. I think it's tough. I think there should be equal opportunity for the figured and the disfigured. Great. <laughs> it's called Nicolas Cage. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay, so uh, we, we went and saw, we, we're going to review three movies. Uh, the first one, speaking of people in their places in this world, uh, Alice recently had a birthday. She turned 30 years old. And... Um, my father rented out one of the screens at the Alma Draft House out of his love and devotion and invited some of your closest friends and we screened a movie. Like, you know, that was awesome. It was incredible. It, it, it was the best birthday I've ever had. And, and the fact that she flew in for it and that Paul was there and uh, family, it was the perfect birthday. Are you disappointed that Sam didn't show up, Super Action Man? No. Okay. Um, so on, our, Let me be real clear. No. Okay, so, so I could have... You know, made a phone call. Appreciate um, that. So we screened, my, my dad had the Alamo screen a movie. Right. And uh, what is this movie that you saw, that, that we saw? What is it? When did you find out about it? Um, we saw the preview. We saw the preview and the movie was called Young at Heart. And so right off the bat, I really liked the preview because the um, trailer had this great music and it had people who, older people who were uh, trying to do a show uh, singing some of the music from my growing up generation. So my f first blush was, it's got a perfect title for a birthday party, Young at Heart, great music, and old people. Mm -hmm. ha having said that, the night before the big party, I woke up in the middle of the night and I thought, oh my God, we're inviting a bunch of people to laugh at old people. And boy, that, that's, ugh. Yeah. That, I mean, I... But this is a documentary, right? <laughs> yeah, okay, so you're not yeah. going to say, when I told you that, I woke up the next day, I said, Jonathan, I'm worried we're going to be laughing at old people. And, and you, what did I say? you said, I hey, why do you think I come home? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you know, every now okay. and then I won't make fun of the elderly. Um, so, so my expectation was that the movie was going to be just a lighthearted comedy. Mm -hmm. And what is it? It's a documentary. It, it's a documentary uh, shot in New England uh, about a singing group of people that are between age 75 to, to nine, 95 was the oldest one, and how they learn this music and how it gives them a purpose for living. And they're and, in a chorus, and they put on shows, and they tour Europe. Right, right. And this British documentarian uh, just saw them on a tour of Europe and said, I'm going to make a documentary on these guys working up to a performance. And right. And you get to meet select members of the, of the group working up to this performance, and they have seven new songs. Right. And you get to see their progress over several weeks as they learn these songs. Um, and so a lot of them are contemporary songs as well. I mean, there's the James Brown, I Feel Good. But there's also a and, yeah, the, the, the preview, the one that got me was uh -huh. uh, the song uh, by The Clash, Should I Stay or Should I Go? Mm -hmm. um, and, and it was just hysterical to see these people, old people, well, let me just put it out there, old people, s singing Should I Stay or Should I Go? Um, and there's always, in the movie, there's always this double meaning to all their songs because you're very aware they're they're elderly, you know, like the song "I Feel Good." Mm -hmm. um, you, you're looking at them and you're wondering how do they feel, and they're singing "I Feel Good," and that that whole "Should I stay or should I go?" I mean, what did you think about the movie? No, I, I mean, I definitely, if you guys want to see, if if what we're saying so far, you guys are into, I would suggest seeing it. <laughs> if, I mean, because you know, we've got my kids who are like, oh, I just want to see Transformers too. This isn't for you. Uh, this is a really well done documentary, but um, but like you said, you thought it was going to be really light and fun, but it has a lot of depth to it. You know, right, you get to right, meet these right. people, you get to you get you, you make out your favorites, you find out who they were uh, in their youth, in contrast to what they're doing now, which is right. a very youthful activity, and uh, and you get their relationships with one another, 
And then um, you get to see the tension building up to this final show because the show, the songs aren't as far along, or the filmmakers portrayed the songs not to be as far along as uh, you know they should be. And and then and then nature starts taking its course with people of this old, of this age. Right. And uh, and so if you're a horror movie fan, there's a body count. <laughs> Um, yeah, you want to know who's going to die next, right? Uh, right. And, and, and that stuff, you know, is part of, is part of the entire story. I mean, the, the group's been together. I think that they said since 1985, 86, uh, doing this kind of activity. And um, and yeah, they've they've seen they've had members uh, have cancer, have heart attacks, uh, aneurysms, strokes, and die. And um, and that is all a part of this, you know, these two months working up right. to the performance. Right. You know. Okay. Yeah, I I see what you're saying about people who like action movies and animation, all that. Not your movie, unless you need something to do with your parents. Mm -hmm. it, I mean, didn't you think it was a great movie to take your parents to? Yeah. It, it's it's cross generational. Mm -hmm. um, and there were kids in the audience who really enjoyed it. You know. Yes. Because because it's cute. It's funny to see yeah. these old people, you know, flirting with each other and stuff like that. The sex scene I thought was riveting. <laughs> It, it it was it, it was it was profound. There's no, uh, there's no sex scene. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is one sort of nude scene. I could have done without that. Oh, in, one in the of shower. the male guys is, yeah. is singing in the shower. I, I thought uh, yeah. that was fun. I thought that was funny. I, I don't Oof. find that. Um, <laughs> and it, there is one of the one of the older ladies who's a little bit of a caddy. She likes she likes to she likes the men and she's not shy about it. Yeah, well, that's and she's true. 93, guys. So if you think uh, cougars are hot, go for a silver fox. Yeah. Uh, okay. And you even said that the rendition of the Coldplay song, yeah, uh, fix you. That I'm not a big Coldplay fan. You're not. I'm not a big Coldplay fan. Um, I I think they're they're I'm neither here nor there. But but watching the entire movie and knowing what happens and then seeing uh, this last performance from one of the members. Not because he dies of this and that. He he's decided to, for health reasons, to retire. Um, seeing him dedicate this song to one of his friends, you know, is uh, and his voice was amazing. Uh, I just thought it was a much better version than the actual song. I, pr I I really liked that version. Coldplay, I'm neither here nor there with, but this one was really good. And uh, and did you cry in that in that performance scene when he's singing that? Because it's really emotional. Yeah, if yeah, I wasn't so yeah. callous, I might have cried. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and of course, since I'm a lawyer, most of my friends who were there were lawyers. And one of, the, one of my uh, male friends emailed me and said he thought it was a great party. He loved the movie. He said he cried four times and he was glad the lights were off. You know, so, so if it can make yeah. lawyers cry, I mean, it, it's very powerful. And, and the lights didn't save him, though, because we heard him wailing. <laughs> Like a child <laughs> with a skin knee. Um, so that yeah. was you. <laughs> um, so so it, it, it's a good movie. I, I yeah, liked it. I uh, loved it. Yeah. If you guys, you know, in six months, get this on the Netflix. If you don't feel like going out to the movies and watching it, um, it's definitely something you it would be fun to watch uh, with your kids or your parents at home. Uh, speaking of kids' movies, our good friend Brett Moore, who's here, Kaiser Sose, wait for the camera, my friend. You guys have seen him on many episodes here in Austin. Uh, we went to see uh, the new Narnia movie, Prince Caspian. Um, this is out of order for the books. The books, there are seven Narnia books, and I guess The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe was the first one published, but the second one in the sequence. Prince Caspian, I think, is the fourth, but they made it the second movie. No clue. I, I, I'm, it's been a long time since I read the books, but... This one sees the kids returning to Narnia, but it's been 1,500 years, 1,000 years since the events in the last movie, but only one or two, one year in the lives of these kids who return to the magical land of Narnia. And what you learn in this movie is that um, if, you, if you get on a train in London, you're going you're to be transported to a fantastical place filled with magical creatures and uh, swords and sorcery. So it's a lot of special effects. Yeah, this is. I don't know if you would like this movie. I mean, remember when we went to see the Harry Potter movie? Yes. Have you seen a Harry Potter movie since? No. Um, I'm like that too. The only other one that I saw was number four, and that was because Graham was really bored, and we were here in Austin, and I was like, sure. 
So we saw that one. I didn't know what was going on. Okay, so what's the parallel you're parallel driving? Parallel is that there's a lot of stuff in this movie borrowed from Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings. Like the Harry Potter movies, the quality isn't there. You know, uh, the scale isn't there. And these movies are, they really play towards kids. Um, but I don't think you should, you need to do that while compromising story and production. So, so the story's not great. The story's not good. It's enjoyable, but it's not anything, you know, exemplary. You know what I mean? There's like, there's like, here's the thing with the fantasy kick that Hollywood's on. There's Lord of the Rings. Right. And then there's this stuff. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there was Conan in 1980 with John Milius in, in, in Oliver Stone's script. And then there's the Beastmaster. I love the Beastmaster. Like, you guys love Harry Potter. But it's, it's not the same movie, you know? So, so you're of the opinion that even though it's a children's story or children's movie, you think it should be good enough to entertain adults? Yeah. That you, they shouldn't compromise on values by saying, oh, well, this is for kids. Well, Pixar and so. doesn't. True. You know, True. Pixar doesn't. True. Classic True. Disney didn't. Um, a good story is a good story, a good story. And uh, in, in, you know, the, the, the other thing is they're making these movies. They're not making three like Peter Jackson did. They're not making two like Guillermo del Toro and Peter Jackson are going to do with the Hobbits, you know, movie and the sequel. Right. They're making seven. And as soon as they're done shooting one, they're shooting the next one. And they're doing it, you know, I don't know the production situation, but it, they just seem really rushed, you know. Well, well the, the story comes from a book, right, that's right. been written. So it, it, it's not like they're having to come up with an original story. The but, story's there, right? But that's why I went to the experts. I went to uh, Bryson and Kemper. Who yes, we, Bryson we, and we Kemper. Talked, remember way back, I think episode 40, we talked uh, Harry Potter books with them. And I asked them, because there's a sequence toward the end, I said, is, is that in the book? And they said, no. And the sequence is almost completely lifted from Fellowship of the Ring. Exactly. It's exactly almost, I mean, they, they take out horses and they put in the, like a human guy. And, and I was like, that just uh, seems cheap. You know, um... It's, stealing, what I think what I'm saying is, from another story. is it doesn't feel like they've explored the text in the world enough to flesh it out to the level that we expected with like the Lord of the Rings movies. Like that felt like they just trudged over every comma and period in the text to make this world fleshed out and consistent. Right. Um, this one just seems like it has a lot of spacing and a lot of a lot of filler in it. Is it better than the first one? I think it is. Don't you think it was better than the first one? Yeah, definitely. But there's, but it's also, you know, when I told the kids, I was like, guys, this movie is violent for me. There's a mouse that stabs people in the face with a sword. And it is much, like, creepier when a mouse is slicing throats than when a human is. Yeah, there's no blood, but the implied violence is just like, whoa, did a, knife, did, did a mouse just stab a guy in the face with a sword? Yeah, and um, jokingly. And, and jokingly, and, and, like, haha, I'm a mouse. I was like, dude, gang members in South L.A. don't do that. You know, that, I mean that, that wait, mouse wait, wait, is hardcore. Wait. This, this this troubles you in a children's yeah. movie that a mouse is stabbing someone in the face. Yeah, it kind of does. I love GTA Four. <laughs> uh, okay, I guess what, it does because of the tar. You know what I mean? Like I think I, I think GTA. Wait, wait. I guess it, what, I guess what, I guess should never what, be targeted towards kids. This is targeted towards kids, and it has a level of violence that I thought was excessive. Okay, Jurassic Park, the movie Jurassic Park. PG thirteen. Was it targeted at kids? I think she just got me. I don't know if it's targeted specifically at kids, though. Okay, because this is one of the first movies I went to see with Jonathan. I remember. He had one, one of the first movies, and within the first three minutes. Three minutes. Two, 30 seconds, okay? If, within the first opening okay. sequence. What was it? Some uh, dinosaur that looks like it's built to appeal to children, smushes some worker in the park. Really? And, and you, I haven't seen the opening of Jurassic Park in so long, because every and, time you and turn you it on hear, PTBS, you, it's halfway through. And, and you hear... Are you sure this isn't the second Jurassic Park? No, 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 no. it was the I, first I remember, one. She, she, she it, it didn't was, give the was, second or third one a chance. Yeah. It, it was the first one. Opening you sequence. Crunching. You hear bones crunching. You hear the guy scream. And I'm thinking, this is somebody's father, somebody's husband. He, he's killed, he's crunched. And I'm looking at these three boys who I have taken to this movie, and, and I'm horrified. And so I got up and left. 
You got up and I, left I got up and left. I thought, this is too violent. This yeah. is too violent. You didn't take us with you, <laughs> which you should have had done as a, as a responsible parent. You should get, shield your eyes. Because then you wouldn't have grown up to be super action man. Think about it. That was the moment where everything went, <laughs> Well, but, but, but there's, I, I just find that amazing because I think you were raised on movies that had a pretty good level of violence. Even children's movies in here, you, are, you still recognize a concern that Narnia has children being. I, 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 think, that, I think it's a tone thing and not so much as, uh, I, think, I think Jurassic Park, within the, thir the, the reason that scene is within the first minute is it sets the tone. Does that make sense? Like, like I remember watching Aliens as a kid, but the tone very early on is that this is a, a horror movie. Um, but Jurassic Park, it sets the tone within the first minute that this is a movie where people are going to get squished and bones crunched. And the tone is there, so you're ready for it. I think with a Narnia movie, you see these little kids, you know, and, and, and you see this, you know, this uh, fantasy world, and, and then out of nowhere, the tone shifts when you have these little bits of violence. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's the problem, is that the, inter the, the, the inconsistent interjections of violence are a little more off-putting than if it was like, this is the overall feel of the movie. You know, does okay. that make sense? Yeah, yeah it makes a lot of sense. Because I started worrying that, I was like, sense. am I growing up? It's similar to like... Because <laughs> that was my big worry. I was like, oh crap. Is my sensitivity towards violence? I mean, I'm growing old? No. No. I gotta get back to LA and put on the uh, Super Action Man. It's similar to the cursing in um, Speed Racer. Yeah. It's just completely out of tone with the movie. And no. And unnecessary. Yeah, Speed Racer has like one curse word in it, and I was like, "What? What? What? I don't like that." You know, it's a very good kids movie, even though it's two and a half hours long. Most kids would have peed themselves by that point. Um, another family movie that it does a lot better job of keeping up with the overall tone and uh, and appeal is uh, *Son of Rambo*, the British film uh, that we just saw. Yeah. Um, this is about a young kid who is um, kept separate from most kids uh, growing up because his family is part of like an Amish-like um, religious culture. Uh, but he goes to a, a public school, uh, like a Catholic boys' school, and there he meets kind of a delinquent kid who's always getting thrown out of class. And due to some mix-up in the hallway, they're both blamed for, for a fight with right. each other. And, and, uh, and they make a pact outside of like the principal's office because the delinquent wants to enter a film competition. Right. So he uses this good boy as his actor, and the good kid is always drawing and, and kind of pushing against the uh, constraints of his beliefs. And his imagination is going crazy, and he sees this as a way of really expressing himself and discovering himself, you know, imagination-wise. And of course, the movie that they pick, that that they become enamored with, is Rambo, first one, First Blood, which is a really good movie. Did you like the Rambo, the First Blood Rambo? Hey, if, if I didn't sit through Jurassic Park <laughs> and that violence, there's no chance I would even walk in the door for Rambo. So they get this idea to make uh, a movie called The Son of Rambo, where the little kid has to rescue Rambo. And, um, and so they go about making this, this movie with their VHS camcorder. You know, it takes place in, in the late 80s and um, in England. And what did you think? Um, I thought it was a I thought it was a really excellent movie on multiple levels. I, I, I thought that the story was um, really good because again from the previews I thought it was going to be very predictable. I thought you know two two young boys making a movie and it's going to be light and humorous and um, you know you know they're entering the film in a film contest so you you know I, I thought okay well I know how that one comes out. Mm -hmm. it, it was not at all. What I thought, and what I liked about it is that there was a lot of subtlety to the emotional development and the relationship between the two boys um, I thought was um, very realistic. I thought the, the visuals in the movie were really interesting. I thought the way they shot the movie, because uh, there were sometimes like when, they were, when the boys were filming and they were shooting outside, I thought it was just like handheld, very amateurish. But then when you got into some of the school scenes, I thought it was really, really well done. But, uh, you, you know, I, I'm watching it never having been a little boy, and I'm watching it n not knowing the framework. I mean, do boys 
really have that rich a fantasy life? Do they really imagine? Some of them lose it. <laughs> You're shaking your head yes. Some of them lose it over time. Gets beaten out of them by protective stepmothers. <laughs> well, that, I mean, that was really interesting because the one boy had this super protective mother. So mm-hmm. protective, they were making him go to prayer meetings. They wouldn't let him have friends on it. And then the other boy has no mother. No had, boundaries, right. No parents. And yet they end up at the same place. They're, they're both lonely. They're both um, isolated. And the boy who's overprotected has this a wonderful fantasy life. And I got a little bit of the flavor. Uh, remember the movie uh, Dangerous Lives of Altar Boys mm-hmm. where the guy's drawing. The and Millhurst, yeah. He, yeah, he's drawn all the time, and, and his imagination springs into animation. I saw that in the boy who was overprotected. And then the other boy who had no parents was angry, and, and um, he, he didn't seem to have as much of an imagination. And you compared it to another movie where he's bouncing the tennis ball? Yeah, there there were echoes of other movies in this all over the place. I thought uh, "Dangerous Lives of Alter Boys" came to me. The uh, about a boy, mm-hmm. you know, about a boy t- has the boy in England has a really weird mother, so he dresses in weird. I, I saw that here as well because the overprotected boy has a weird mother, and she isolates him. You know, I thought that was echoed here. Billy Elliot. Billy Elliot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Billy Elliot was, there were some echoes of that. No, the, the movie's really good. And, and just when you think that it's going to fall prey to like that Hollywood stuff, yeah, it takes a, a, a different turn. Um, I, I, I think this is a really strong movie. I'd put it like in an 80, 85%, which is really good. Yeah. You know, I was out last night at, at Tim's graduation party in Austin and uh, we were ripping on Transformers being a really bad movie and and, uh, and his his wife goes what movie do you like? <laughs> so and Leslie like, here's a movie he likes <laughs> you know the, the, here are, are two movies in one review that I like and one movie that I just think is okay but has a violence for kids um, no I like I like a lot of movies I like going to movies I, I like the social aspect of going to movies I like talking about the movies I mean well, well what oh, we do. okay so so uh, Son of Rambo it, it, it wasn't slick like a Hollywood movie, mm-hmm. but did no, it's you? Definitely an independent. Okay, but did you think technically it it was uh, well done? Yeah, yeah there was attractive, good visuals. Absolutely, you know, and and the and, and the tone, you know, everything fit the tone of the movie. You know, uh, the emotion was very strong in it, and um, and if you guys are, are fans of, of movies like Stand by Me and these coming of age movies that are about, uh, you know kids' relationships among themselves between antagonism and, uh, and like, fraternity, then this is a movie that you guys should check out because it has a lot of the same heart um, without Jerry O'Connell being a fat kid. <laughs> um, yeah, there were no fat kids. And, and only this movie no is fat anti-fat kids. kid. I think that's wrong. <laughs> um, so, Indiana Jones, are you looking forward to that? Yeah. Yeah, that definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I, I am too. Would you be surprised uh, to learn that Indiana Jones 5 is already swimming around in George Lucas's head? No, I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah, well, he talked about it and he said that Indiana Jones... I, I mean, when we get to in, uh, Harrison Ford doing geriatric Indiana Jones, then I'm ready to He should to just do this. Young at Heart, too. <laughs> Harrison Ford singing. Right. But no, no. Uh, he's talking, George Lucas is talking about Indiana Jones 5 and he's talking about putting Shayla Booth in kind of the, the front runner. Yeah. Position like the main protagonist, and, do, and do Indiana think, Jones kind of plays more of a Sean Connery role in this one. Um, do, do you I, think Sheila Booth has what it takes? I think he's a good actor. Um, but, but I mean, I don't Her- think he's Harris- an action star. Harrison Ford has charisma. He has the it factor. Yeah. Do you think Sheila Booth has it? Uh, no, there's something just a little too dweeby about the guy. Um, so who? Would and that's you, good. I mean, I mean, so same would, thing who, with Tobey Maguire. Like you've got to play who would you cast? I think I think you got to have somebody who's a little more of a gunslinger, a little more of a James Dean. You know, uh, who, who uh, and, and there's be? really nobody. I mean, who's out right now that you could even get close to filling uh, that uh, role? Emil Hirsch. Emil Hirsch was fine in Speed Racer until he cursed. Um, <laughs> I did not like the curse word. I am becoming a grown up. Um, regardless of what I said about being a Toys R Us kid all those years ago. <laughs> um, so, 
we were talking, uh, we were watching the preview to Hancock, this movie with Will Smith playing a kind of a... Ah, what do you think about that? I like the preview. I'm supposedly in, uh, I'm really into the movie idea. Supposedly it's been testing negatively. So, supposedly... So, so you think the preview is as good as it gets? It might be, but like, Brent told me that uh, they're reshooting parts of the movie. They're doing reshoots on Hancock to change up some of the story because they're not into it. And um, look, if you guys look at this, at this... Um, trailer and what I'm going to do is I'm going to put screen grabs from the trailer online this is the trailer that's available on on Apple for the podcast is uh is I'm going to freeze it because you, you can tell that the villain I think is the Charlene Charlize Theron character like you see the shot of her with like the cool glasses then you see like the shot of, of Hancock flying right, towards somebody right. else right. and they they hit and there's like a sonic boom if you slow it down like hey that person has blonde hair and a black suit and then there's this another sequence where they're tumbling through, like, it looks like a construction site. And he's obviously fighting somebody with blonde hair. And I'm like, okay, so there's that aspect of the storyline where I think and, and, she's and the, the wife of the, uh, of, of the character played by, uh, what's his name? Jason Bateman. By Jason Bateman, or she's related to him. And now it looks like she's the bad guy at the end of the movie. So be a little more careful with your trailers. Cause well, 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 Will Smith is, is the main actor, right? Right. And you, you know, it, well, well, but he's so likable. I he's mean, very likable. you know, he's very likable. And in the preview, I thought <clears throat> they're try, they're not playing to his strength. Mm -hmm. So, but uh, having said that, I saw the trailer and I thought I'm in. I want to go yeah. see that. What did you think of I Am Legend? Did you enjoy that movie with Will Smith? I didn't see okay. it. Okay. Yeah, I didn't see I didn't it. Think it was, was, was he not likable? No, I liked that movie. He was fine. Yeah, he was fine. The, uh, the the Shrek monster is a little weird. Was not Will Smith. Okay. Yeah. okay. Uh, speaking of movies that have problems, Spider-Man Three, uh, we might be getting a sequel, uh, and then we might actually get another movie. We might get Spider-Man Four and Five, and they might be shot at the same time and uh, and done as sort of uh, bookends of each other, you know. Uh, and they're being written by the the Zodiac screenwriter. Supposedly, he handed in an idea for Spider-Man Four right. with five kind of tacked on and the execs at Sony flipped on it and were like that sounds great we'll work it out to uh, have a Spider-Man 4 and 5 shot together and now that Sam Raimi's not doing The Hobbit maybe he can come back I know that a lot of you guys are like oh Sam Raimi you've done it you've ruined Spider-Man but I you know what who, who would do a better job of directing a Spider-Man movie I just think I think Raimi's checked out at this you point. think he's checked out of, the, of just the character and yeah. not into it okay you asked for it Tim Burton. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. Let's that's make that's dark. too bad. Um, no, I, I, you know what? I'll give Sam Raimi as many cracks at that bat as you know, he has energy for. But, yeah, there's that worry that he's a little checked out. Can you think Did, of anyone? Well, well, no. I mean, are you saying you think Sam Raimi is checked out? Career-wise, that he's no. not no, doesn't no, no, no. have another good movie in no, him, it's or a you spark. Done with Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah, it's the excitement that necessary to inject energy into this thing. You know, because there's one thing that Spider-Man three like lacked. I felt it lacked a direction and energy. You know what I mean? It was the longest of the Spider-Man movies, and it felt like they were just kind of trying to find the story the entire time. You know, what's this movie about? I think if you're excited about it. There's a, there's a reason that you're excited about it. Something so, about so it. So you need a, a new director with a fresh approach who loves comic book characters, who's really excited. Yeah, yeah. Baby <laughs> not, not happening, huh? Baby steps. Not happening. Baby okay. steps. Just, You'll no. see. I would love to. I'd love <laughs> to do speedball first as my training exercise. Um, what's the lamest combo character you could possibly do? Speedball is pretty bad. Yeah. Well, he's penance now. Yeah, he's penance now. But I would say, uh, you know, start small. Like, you know, Kevin Smith, when they were like, we, we want you to write comics, he was like, give me Daredevil. Because Daredevil was like at an all-time low sales-wise. And he did an awesome job. But there wasn't the pressure of having to deliver on something that was already established as like a mega blockbuster. I would want that kind of situation. Where I was like, great, give me Speedball. It's the worst character ever. You know, you knock it out of the park and hell yeah. Uh, speaking of small comics, um, there's this really great one called Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. It's about a guy who meets this woman of his dreams, and they start to date, but now he has to fight each of her seven ex-boyfriends. 
So it's like a, it's almost like a video game. <laughs> but what is she doing while they're fighting? She's a rock star. Uh, she's you know, busy, and she band. says, "Okay, let me see how this comes out." You and get are back a, you are me. a woman's woman. What would you do if 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 uh, if you had seven ex boyfriends who wanted to fight my dad? Would you be involved in the in the in the fight? Um, I think that. I, I, I think your dad is bigger and better than just than, than fighting fighting. Than fighting with people. I mean, I think he, yeah. he, he can come up with some way to resolve it other than fighting. And I, I'm not sure I would respect him if, if, he did fight. if somebody come up and came up and said, I, I want to fight with you. And he said, okay, I'll fight. I mean, that's letting them define him, which he wouldn't do. I would. So, I will tell you right now. It, 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 it sounds like a comic that is directed yeah. more towards a, a male fantasy, which um, there is that market audience. I'm, I'm, I can't get enough of. You, My world you, you is you a world want, of You want to go fight Laura's ex-boyfriends? Well, considering I'm the only one who's never seen Jail Time, I think that would be a very <laughs> bad idea. But I have weapons at my disposal um, and um, and the ability to run. And then come back later with weapons, or just hit them with my car or something. Something something creative, like drop a piano out on them. I don't know. But I would get creative. I would use weapons, like, you know, bear traps, you know, or dig a pit. Like, they show up to fight okay, me, and they're like, well, what are you okay, doing? So, I was like, so, I'm digging a pit and putting pointed spikes at the bottom. So I'm still having a hard time getting the picture of this comic book. Well, it's more, because yeah, it's because like it, if they're fighting, it, and this is a comic book, right? Mm -hmm. And so... How many pages do they show a fight and then it's on to the next boyfriend? Or well, is it more no. subtle than that? Well, there's a lot of story about, about getting, you know, being uh, down and out slacker style in Toronto. Uh -huh. It takes place in their early, you know, the characters are in their early 20s. Michael Sarah is playing Scott Pilgrim in the movie. Oh, uh, this is a movie, not yeah, a comic it, book. It is a comic, but now they're making it into a movie. Okay. I like Michael Sarah. Yeah, so he's playing Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. And, and it's really cartoony. So it's like a video game almost where you have to fight the different bosses. And they're making that story approach mm -hmm. in a dating comic. And it's fun. And it's, and it's poppy. Uh, and now they say that Mary Elizabeth Winstead is playing Ramona, the object of his affections, like his new girlfriend. And she was in, like, uh, Grindhouse, which you enjoyed. Um, <laughs> Sky High, which you enjoyed. Die Hard mm -hmm. 4, you liked mm -hmm. that one. I, I, Yippee Kaye is what you said when you got out of that one. Um, you, you haven't seen Iron Man yet. No. You like no. the Spider Man movies. The I, I did two. like the Spider Man, and I really wanted to see Iron Man. You're going to like this movie. Yeah. I, yeah. You, you really yeah, no. like it. Like, like, Robert Downey Jr. is really likable in it. Gwyneth Paltrow, you like her from uh, Shakespeare in Love. Yeah. Okay. Um, but now, like Marvel's dropping hints in each other's movies about a bigger Marvel universe, right? Because they own all their properties, most for the most part, and so they can have them kind of interweave. Supposedly, they've confirmed that in the background of one of the shots in Spider-Man, you can see on his workbench. Iron Man. In Iron Man, you can see in like Tony Stark's workbench, uh -huh. Captain America's shield. Ah. How does that make you feel as a comic book fan? Um, that Marvel's getting a bigger universe? Is that the question? It's kind of cool because every movie can act as a sequel. You know? You don't well, have to wait I mean, three years that, for that's a just like marketing within a movie. It's, it's product placement, right? Yeah, I think it, it, I, I think it, it does it, work it, that it, way. It's, it's finding people like you and manipulating you with this product placement and more I'm comics. I'm going to see the damn movies anyway. <laughs> But now yeah. it's not like in Bad Boys 2 when a Pepsi truck pulls up in front of the screen <laughs> in an action sequence. Remember that? Um, it's a little, it, you know it, what I mean? It's more like an inside joke. We're all in on it. You see little things from other comics and you feel like it's your world. Right. It's, it's, it, this it's is a where positive I thing. It's, it, a it, positive it's like, let me put it in perspective for you. Uh, friends led to Joey. Cheers led to, led to uh, Fraser. Fraser to, uh, you know, so there you go. Yeah, no, I'm okay with the cheers to Fraser, but if it, if you're talking about friends to Joey, then you didn't watch that. Okay, <laughs> I don't know. Me and a lot of other people. A lot of people did watch that. I'm kidding. Um, nobody watched that. Okay. You wrote down um, that there's new Battlestar Galactica movies being made this summer. Yes. What does that mean? I just read this on uh, on Ain't It Cool. Um, that 
Because I know they're doing that Caprica. Yeah, they're doing the Caprica series. And but there's also going to be a break between the first half and second half of the fourth season. And they're saying that this summer they're going to shoot possibly three uh, made-for-TV movies for Battlestar Galactica that will kind of bridge the gap. Because I like this movie, that, the Razor that they came out with. Yeah. That was awesome. Now you remember when Battlestar Galactica first came out? Yeah, sure. You were hot for that. I never saw it. Okay, well, there's a new version on Sci-Fi Network that's actually mm-hmm. really good. Laura and I watched it a lot, and we kind of fell off this season. Right. But we're waiting for this break to kind of get back on. And now it sounds like there's going to be movies made in between the first and second half. Just milk it. Like, this is the last season of Battlestar Galactica, so it sounds like they're sticking to their guns and ending it after four seasons. But they're funneling, they're like shoving in a bunch of stuff to, you know, be able to maximize, you know, a good thing while while it's good. Uh, Like Lost, you know, did their kind of like break finale in season three. Is it the season three finale or is it the, or in Lost, is it the season four finale? This season will be four, I think. But is it their finale or is it a break? Because their last episode they're putting over two weeks and it's like a three hour thing. Or six hour thing. It's like super, super end, you know, finale. But I think that's cool. When Singledom gets made, I'll make sure that my season finales take five weeks to, to, to play out. Just to really drag it out. Don't you think? Yeah, well, I, I, I think that's good. I, I mean, because when there's just one episode and it ends, everybody has these withdrawal. I think, you, I think if you drag it out, people savor it more. Are you going to see the Sex and the City movie? Did you watch the show at all? Um, never saw it um, when it was playing. So no, you're not going to go see the Sixth and City movie. Why would you? Why would somebody who's never I, seen the show go see the movie? Um, I I felt like I saw the preview and it sort of like told the whole story and there was. In in fact, whoever did that preview, I thought some of the dialogue was so lame that I felt like I got enough from the preview and I'm done. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I'm gonna. Are you it. gonna go see it? No, that is that was no. Remember my relationship with Kirsten? How could you forget? Um, <laughs> she was a big Sex in the City fan. It was one of those things where she's watching Sex in so the it City. It has a, a bad association for you. Uh, you, you would go cool. and you Kirsten's would be. Cool. You but would... I would walk into the room and <laughs> she would do that. <laughs> so she had this about the blank, blank, and I'm like, okay. I remember the Felicity crap. I remember getting an angry phone call one night from Kirsten, and I'm like, well, what, what, what's wrong? She's like, Ben cheated on Felicity. <laughs> and I was like, what? Why are you in such a bad mood? She's like, men are jerks. And I was like, this makes me want to cheat on you. This makes me want to become Ben. It felt you unite with all men across the planet. Right? I was like, you know what? If you're going to come at me with that, yeah. I'm going to do it. Um, too bad the other women of the world weren't on board with that plan. I'm kidding. Not the most popular guy with, with uh, girls. Uh, show me that picture. Look, this is, this is the kind of Casanova I used to be. Look, uh, Alice promised to have embarrassing photos of me. Oh. And a lot of you guys are like, wow, Jonathan, you're so well put together. You're such a handsome guy. So charismatic. How could you ever be a geek? This is me, freshman year in high school. This is my high school photo. Freshman year of high school. And who's on your shirt? That's Marvin the Martian. You're not a big Space Jam fan? You're wearing Marvin the Martian in high school. What were you wearing in high school? (laughs) Yeah, let's take out those photos. Summer of Love. Yeah, the 60s. Yeah, let's see what we got. Let's see what we got. That's the the biggest one. Yeah. but the, the, this is a scrapbook of uh, Jonathan's youth, and if you write me and send big bucks, you can have. <laughs> Look at that one. This is some of my poetry. Is that right? Yes. It's upside down for me. But uh, now, now these glasses were really good at burning insects on the pavement, because uh, those are some big ass glasses. Here I am. Um, check this out. I think that's Paul dressed as Spider-Man. You can tell because he's a little chubby. Oh, he was not chubby. He was not chubby. You you gave him a whole complex about being chubby. He was not you chubby. You know, work towards him. Look at his physique now. <laughs> Women <laughs> fantasize about his body. And it all started here by calling him fat. So it was good for him. Absolutely. It was good for him. Absolutely. What do you think of that? Were you able to see that at all? Yeah, yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Um, that's copyrighted, so don't steal that. I'm kidding. Yeah, okay, take this out of here. 
How are we doing on time, Mark? How are we doing on time, Brent? Uh, oh, we're rocking. Um, so comic books, we can talk comic books, but there's really not. I haven't read a whole lot recently. Why not? Because uh, I got on a plane Wednesday, didn't have a chance to pick up my books before I got on a plane. So that's just anything. I should. Is there anything? It looked like a light week. Well, like the two big things for me personally. Um, the Batman rest in peace story arc started. That the, the, the Batman. What? They're, they're, they're killing Batman, right? Well, the, they've been playing with this whole kind of death and rebirth of Batman for a while now, um, and that's. I think that's kind of what the central theme of this is going to be. Um, okay, is it I, worth reading? The first issue, it's a little bit like, it doesn't really start the story off. It's a little bit kind of meandering, um, but I think it'll be great. Like I'm really excited about it. And then in Thunderbolts, uh, which Warren Ellis is doing. You come over here. Put down the headset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. You, you stay right there. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, get no, her, no, no, here. no. Friend. I, I think this is good stuff. Sit down. Sit down. This is good stuff. I want to hear it. Okay. Trade, trade places. Right. I'll just have to cut that audio a little bit. Put it like right here. All right. So. Cool. So the the Batman stuff isn't panning out yet. How many issues are going to be in this miniseries? Four? Because uh, well, they better get going if it's only four. No, it's it's actually fairly lengthy, and it, it crosses over between Batman and Detective Comics and all like Nightwing and all that kind of stuff. And they're, they're supposedly killing Batman. I don't, know if, they're, I don't know if they're going to kill him. Like, he already, like, not to, you know, sp you know spoil too much, but he already died uh, for, like, four minutes or something. Oh, so he, it was like that. It was like Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee. When he OD'd. Right. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's um, not dying. That's well, OD'ing. no, but I think, but I think they're still like they're going with it. And like when he died, he had this whole like crazy. There was like a great issue that Graham Morrison did. It was just kind of going through Batman's psyche. Mm -hmm. um, and I think they're they're kind of maybe reinventing the character a little bit. Have you been reading this Grant Morrison stuff since he came on the book? Yes, yeah. And because I I dropped off when he started doing those all text issues. Well, there's there was the then, only the one all text issue. I read that one. Yeah, I tried to. And then, yeah. and then the art was horrible. It just came out so sporadic. I think they mm -hmm. had like Tom Mandrake do the art, who's not a very yeah. good artist. Like he's kind of like a filler yeah. guy. It started off with J.H. Um, uh, Williams mm -hmm. the third, which is he's an amazing artist. Yeah. But they they've kind of been going back when, and forth. When with the when, art. when it when it it just became it started coming out so sporadically mm -hmm. that I couldn't stick with it, and my interest just waned. The whole yeah. you know, second Robin, I really, son of Batman thing, not into it. Like, I was okay with the Son of Batman thing. Um, the one that really kind of I almost checked out on was when he was, uh, he went to the, like, mansion with all the old, like, kind of Batman archetypes, and there was, like, some murder mystery in this mansion. It was just kind of like a filler thing. Um, but, no, it's really getting back on track, and I think, I think what he's doing now is kind of Grant Morrison's plan all along. Like, this is what he wanted to do when he got onto Batman. Why did it take you so long? You lost, re you lost <laughs> readers. You know, um, but the other cool thing I was gonna say, Thunderbolts. Yeah, Thunderbolts. Um, I, I am reading Thunderbolts. Yeah, Thunderbolts. Okay, then I don't want to. No, no, go for it. I'll, I'll pick it up tomorrow. All right. Well, uh, I mean, they've been playing, you know, up to this. Thunderbolts is. Uh, you remember the Civil War where some of the where Iron Man wanted to register superheroes under the U.S. government and say, okay, if you're gonna be these powered weapons, you need to be registered. We need to know your secret identity, all this, and then Captain America said no that's you know that that's a compromise of our freedoms that's a compromise of our privacy and that's a compromise of the safety of our loved ones and they had that whole falling out the the government started took a bunch of villains and said we're going to use you guys as a team to go mm -hmm. after unregistered superheroes which is actually something i, I the really didn't like in civil war i was like they would never do this but it led to thunderbolts being amazing it's a good series yeah it's really yeah good. and uh joe diodato is doing the artwork right mm -hmm. it, or yeah, yeah. is it mike diodato i think it's and, mike diodato and it's and it's really good artwork yeah 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 i, but I think i think warren ellis is off after maybe another issue or two and then I it's, might be off now. Then yeah, too. yeah, I'm off, that's and Alice is off. That's a breaker for me. Yeah, definitely. What's so great about this last issue? Um, well, they bring back uh, Green Goblin. Like Are they oh, because it's run by yeah. Harry Osborn. Yeah, or not Harry Osborn, uh, his father, um, Norman. Norman. Norman is running the, the Thunderbolts, and uh, and he's always been like opening his desk drawer. Yeah, and like he's, he's, he's he, you can tell he's still like insane. They've been leading up to that. Yeah, yeah, and he finally just like he goes all out. That's good. And it's like is he a member of the team now? No, the team is falling apart. Good. Yeah, and he's just like, you I got, gonna happen. I've got to do this myself. You know. Yeah, they need to figure out. They need to bring those villains back into the continuity and make yeah. a new team of Thunderbolts. Yeah. Um, 
Another thing I'm going to start breeding, I'm going to start breeding Iron Fist after Fraction and Brubaker leave. I, yeah. I thought that last story arc was a mess. Yeah. I couldn't keep up with that at I, all. I, like, I really like, appreciate uh, Iron Fist. I like what it's doing. I thought it was an interesting comic. But yeah, I was never just really engaged. I was a little bit confused. a little, and, uh, So I think, I think I'm off. There were too many people with his look. There yeah. were too many people yeah. with the Iron Fist you know, head sash. Yeah. But they just, they just finished the whole like, Cities of Heaven... Yeah. Battle thing, so I think not my favorite. I think I'm done with Iron Fist now. So, what are you going to read this week? What am I going to read this week? Uh, I don't know what comes out. I I know it came out because I I, I ordered a pull list from my comic guy. Yeah, I'm not sure what comes out this Wednesday. It was a pretty light week, which financially is a good thing. Yeah. Um, Even with my 30% discount. Uh, So, let's talk video games. Guitar Hero 4, you say, claim is going to copy Rock Band and making a format with drums, drums and vocals. And vocals. Yeah. How is that not a copyright violation? Because the drums have six pads instead of four. Are you kidding me? They're going to be able to get away with that? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess, so. I guess what, the, what the violation is is uh, it's a techn- it's a copyright on the technology. Yeah. And the code in the game. Yeah. I mean, you can get similar games like God of War can't exactly sue the Conan game or right. the or a similar exactly. game. Mario Brothers can't sue Sonic. Right. But it just seems like they're really like that. Those two brands are going at it, and. Uh, and before you know it, the fad's going to be over. I do not see I, that. I, I don't I think, see it. I think it's reaching a point now where it's just overkill. Because I think another company, um, and I can't remember who it is now, but they're coming out with their own drumming game. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's it's too much. And, you know, first off, people don't have enough room in their houses to house all these, you know, uh, peripherals. And they're just too expensive. And, like, honestly, like with Rock Band, I mean, they just keep coming out with new songs every week. So it's like... It's a self-replenishing game, so it's like you don't really need anything else. Would you like it if I got you a rock band? You know what it is? No idea. It's like a guitar. You, you're watching the video game, and right. it's and it's moving a song up, kind of like karaoke, uh-huh. vertically, and you have to drum or guitar or sing the with the with the with the music and hit it vocally or rhythmically in order for to score points and stuff, and so you get better at it. And uh, would you like that if I got it for you? Because it, it would lead you right up to the Young at Heart stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, it would yeah, it would prep you for performing in this choir. I, I just had a milestone birthday, and someone gave me Brain Age. Yeah. Oh <laughs> it's yeah. Like I got the hints, you know. Yeah, Alice. Alice got Brain Age for her birthday. I'm gonna try and I'm gonna get you a copy of Picross because you you got me into Sudoku and we're big into that. So. Yeah. Uh, so I think you'll like Picross a lot. I'll, I'll send you a copy of that. You're going to love that. Um, is this a whole new market, video games for aging people? I think Nintendo itself is Nintendo just making is, a... It's, Nintendo's getting into games for non-gamers. It's not necessarily an aging market. It's just people who don't like necessarily play video games. <laughs> You're trying to be nice. No, I'm no, really not. Like, I, I, think, I, yeah. I think they're going after people who have never yeah. been... I mean, they're going you know, after... like Non-gamers yeah. in any demographic. Uh, okay, so 20 years from now. Yeah. Will you, will you still be playing video games? 20 years yeah. from now, I'm going to have a plug right here yeah. in the video game. I'm going to just jack it in. I'll be like the lawnmower man. I'll be the most yeah. powerful being in the world. Will it be the same kind of game? Will you still be in the it, same kind of game? It's still a game. I mean, yeah. I mean, Alice, you remember 15 years ago, I was all about the Sonic the Hedgehog. Yes. I'm still into the same platformers. You know? I, I'm still playing Mario Kart. Uh, GTA 4 is fun. I've been playing the last couple of GTA franchises. Okay, so of, but all the, of all the video games, which ones had the longest life? I think the ones with the longest shelf life have to, a lot to do with characters. Yeah, definitely. Like I the, mean, the, the core of Nintendo games. Yeah, you got Mario and Zelda and um, Metroid and all that kind of stuff. They just like, they'll yeah. come out with a new thing like every year. And I think Microsoft saw the importance of that mm-hmm. and, and were like, okay, let's make Master Chief into the Halo book, you know, Halo video games, that yeah. kind of thing, same thing. And, uh, and to a certain degree, you know this uh, GTA franchise has been the similar with, yeah. and they've, they've been successful with different protagonists, yeah. which is crazy. They're just keeping the same basic gameplay, mm-hmm. just changing the story up. Okay, so the shelf life on the Wii. The Wii, the, listen, the Wii's got like five <laughs> or six games that I think are amazing. I love the Mario Kart stuff. I like playing Wii Sports. I yeah. like the, these different ones, and then he just picked up the new Steven Spielberg produced game yeah. called Boom Blocks. Boom Blocks. And this is like, yeah, tell well, me about that. yeah, that's what you're uh, do. How are we doing on time? Just real quick. Where are we at? Flip it upside down for me. Keep, keep flipping. 
I can't see it. Yeah. What's it say? What's it say time-wise? It's six minutes here. Okay, we're good. Okay. You're at 55.17. Oh, we are, we're great. Okay, good. She's standing in for VJ. I think you're doing a great job. Right on. I like VJ. Um, <laughs> so Boom Blocks, uh, and I don't want to go too much into it because I've only played a few hours, but the essential, like... What's the concept? The concept of the game, and first off, like, you hear Steven Spielberg is making a game. You're thinking it's going to be something like Uncharted or something, even like GTA, something like very cinematic. Um, and it's the simplest like concept. It's, it's like throwing a ball at bricks to see how many you can knock down. Um, and it's a game that wouldn't work on anything other than, other than the Wii. And that's what, that's what the Wii needs to based. focus on. Yeah. Remember when you, we played tennis? Yeah. So you're literally throwing... Yeah. Oh, this is gonna break some TV sets. This is gonna be great. So many, so many Wii games like they don't play to that like real experience. They just kind of tack on, you know. Ooh, I got to shake stuff. They do other systems games. Yeah. With without yeah. the novelty of what makes it. Original. And this one, like it really, like I mean, it could only you know be done with the Wii. So there's uh, different. So there's blocks, and yeah, you're making yeah. them into structures or what? No, no, no. Well, you can. There's a create a. You can create your own structures to knock down just for the fun of it. But like. The game, it's, it's like a puzzle game. Like you have a, a stack of blocks and you'll have certain like crystals or whatever. You, like you have to knock these off. If you can knock all of them off in one throw, you get a gold medal. You can two throws, you know, whatever. Silver, right. So you got to find the most like uh, weak uh-huh. spot of the tower of bricks and like aim and then throw the ball at the, uh, at the screen. And if you hit just the right spot and knock the right brick out, you know, it'll bring the whole tower down and, you know... That's basically so it. So how do you complicate that? Because that seems pretty simple. Well, just by um, changing like, up the stories, like they'll have. For her. Yeah, but they'll have like all right, like just for as an example, <laughs> like say you have. Uh, She's gonna break the TV. Say you have like four towers. Okay. Okay. You got four. You got to drop. You got all four in one. towers. You have one throw to knock all these towers down and knock all the crystals off. So it's almost like bowling. They almost yeah. have to hit it into each other. So you have to you have to take into account the physics and where everything's gonna fall. You have to hit the right spot. Um, it's an extremely simple concept, which probably doesn't sound that interesting. But when you're actually there and you're like throwing the ball at the screen, and like you see it, and like you just it, like all the physics that are in play, it's really fun. Satisfying. Yeah, it's very satisfying. And, and there are different kind of bricks too. Yeah, there's right. like there's a little explosive brick, so you can throw the ball in an explosive thing, and then it'll like, you know, that's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, there's like bricks that you throw at that'll make them disappear. Like so, there's different like tools you have to like think like, okay, I can do it this way or I can do it this way. I can just do it by brute force or I can do it by hitting just the right uh, brick. Okay, so paint this picture. That sounds fun. Does okay. Steven Spielberg sit around and play? Apparently, apparently, you read that, he didn't does. You? Apparently, he does. I don't know if that's marketing. I don't know if that's just a PR yeah. thing. He came out saying that he was in the middle of playing. You know this really big PC game. Yeah, and, like it uh, could just be Spielberg being like, "Hey guys, I'm hip. I'm with it. Like I play games." Okay, so who's in the room with him? Who does he invite over? Who are his best I friends? think he plays him and Lucas, Lucas and Darabont and but Darabont's not doing anything. Yeah, I saw him at a screening of yeah. Boy too. They bring over Del Toro and they just they throw around balls on the screen. They play GTA and shoot each other in the face. And but. who's Who's I think, the best at it? Well, what, what, what Spielberg read, would say he's the best. What at I read it. is that Spielberg is really—I mean, his main strength, and he's, it's always been his strength for the last several decades—is is that he just really is in tune with what audiences want. Oh yeah, definitely. And it's—and and what you're telling me is that it's transferred not just from narrative storytelling, but to actual experience of gaming. Yeah, and he's—and apparently he's really throwing himself at it. I mean, he's making his own like gaming development company, and he's going to start spitting these things out. And, I mean, apparently, and like I said, this could be PR, but, I mean, apparently, like, this was all his idea. He was very hands-on with the development. Do you think um, he went into a rage at one point and threw something at something, and that's what gave him the idea? Yeah, just threw a ball at his house, and the whole thing collapsed. He was like, I have an idea. Yeah. Well, this would be awesome. I'm excited to play this game. It's fun, yeah. And can you play online at all? No. I don't think there's any online capability. That continues yeah. to be Nintendo's weakness. Yeah, the Wii is horrible with online. Uh, let's get Alice back in the all seat. Right. So that we can sign off. Um, get over here so that we can have two minutes of saying goodbye. Or actually, 15 seconds. 15 seconds? Okay. So what we got, guys, is um, remember our artist who did this artwork, Fernando Pinto? He's got a comic book called Warped. It's online. It's free. I told him I'd give him a shout-out. So if you guys go to www.warpedcomic.wordpress.com, you guys can read all his issues. I think it's pretty funny. 
Uh, and of course, I love his art style because he did our t-shirts, uh, which are available at geekscape.net in the new merch store. Um, the other plugs are myspace.com slash geekscape.net. We have a YouTube page. Just search for Geekscape. And the same goes for Facebook. Search for Geekscape and you guys will find all sorts of stuff. Again, if you want to talk about any of this stuff, go to our forums at geekscape.net. Are you going to sign up for the forums and chat with the Geekscapists? <laughs> sure. Really? Yeah. I'm going to hold you to that. Yeah, no, I, I check out your website all the time. Okay. What do you like, the articles? Yeah. We have that, original that, articles. The latest article by Noel mm-hmm. on New Orleans. Great article. Great oh. article. Well, Noel did that great music article. She's really a, an awesome writer. And i got to tell you, this week she uh, devoted herself to spending an entire night in Rockefeller Center waiting for the New Kids on the Block reunion concert. I can't and wait. And that expose is up on the site as of the writing of this, uh, the viewing of this episode. She, she really picked one for you guys. So read that article. Enjoy it. Thank you for being on the show. Great. Loved it. Brent Moore, uh, Kaiser Soze from the forums. Thank you, my friend, for throwing in your two bits. You're welcome. Anytime. Anytime. I'm in Austin. We're going to do it when, when you're in, out in L.A. Yeah, definitely. I'm always out in L.A. We'll go to the strip clubs. <laughs> yeah. We'll go to the strip clubs. Because I always go to strip clubs. Didn't I raise you better than that? Let's ask Sam. <laughs> Sam, what do you think? Okay. You guys are going to meet sooner or later. <laughs> you're done. That means I'm done. That means I'm done. What is that? You're fade out? Are oh, you getting creative? Jerk. <laughs> Nobody likes him, not even his parents. And Zoom Tech TV's annoying video tips. Whoa! We're not held responsible for this. Hey, what's up, all you fellow Geekscapists? Well, what we want to do is try to expose the show to new people. And the way we're going to do that is we're going to upload the new episodes once a week to three video websites. The first video website is vo.com. The second one is Vimeo.com, and the third one is BlipTV. Now let me talk about VO.com for a second. Simply head over to the search engine and type in Geekscape.net, and you'll find our videos. To watch our videos, you will need to install VOTV for Windows or Mac. If you do not have the software installed, you'll only be able to watch the first five minutes of Geekscape. But once you do install VOTV, you'll be able to watch the full episode in Flash, or download an iPod-compatible version or a Windows Media Player version. We're also on Vimeo.com. This is a great site for new filmmakers. And we're also on Blip TV. Also, it's another great place for new filmmakers, indie artists, and other things. Now, if you're interested in getting us through iTunes, simply click on Podcast. Head over to Power Search. And when you see title, just type in Geekscape and then do a search. We have a video version and an audio file version. Now, if you would like to watch those episodes on a big screen TV set, I recommend you ordering the iPod Photo AV cable for the first video iPod. Now, if you have a newer video iPod, you would want to get the Apple Composite AV cable or the Apple Component AV cable. Now, let me just go back to the video sites. If you watch us on one of these alternative video sites, you're going to help us out with the view count. Once you help us out with the view count and the views start going up on Blip, Vimeo, and Vio, you'll, we'll start to expose ourselves to new people. And once we're able to expose ourselves to new people, we will finally be profitable enough to buy a Russian bride for Gilmore. That's right, we'll be able to order a Russian bride for Gilmore. So that's pretty much about it. So if you can just help us out once a week, watch us on VO. Next week, watch us on Vimeo. If you're watching us on Flash, just alternate once a week from one site to the other site, and you'll help us out a lot. And again, uh, you can also also get us through iTunes. Just type in Geekscape in the search, and there we are. Thank you very much. Hey, do you wish there was an easy way to get Geekscape from your computer to your Xbox 360, PS3, or your Nintendo Wii? Well, fear not. I have three free applications that will take care of that problem for you. The first one is called Orb. You can download it for free by going to orb.com. 
The second program is called T-Versity. You can download it for free by going to tversity.com. The third program is called Video Land. You can download it for free by going to videoland.org. Now the fourth program is called Connect 360. And it's for the Macintosh and it goes for $20. You can download it by going over to nullriver.com. So there you have it. Four easy programs to move media from your computer to any other devices that you have in your household.